Well, welcome to week two. We're in a series we're calling Relationship Hacks, and uh, we're uh, working to give you five tools that will help make your relationships better. And today, uh, we're going to talk about how to be honest. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got to be honest. Uh, And as you say that, would you stand up? We're going to read a passage of scripture together, as is our practice, and hear what it means for our life. I'll be reading it aloud. You can follow along. These are the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white, or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much for standing out of respect for God's word. Uh, well, the, the sermon today uh, is, a, is what I would call a definitional message. Uh, in other words, I want to help us define something. Now, I, uh, how many of us know, how many of you know that if you have the wrong definition for something, it can mess up your reality. Uh, you have to have the right definitions of things for your definitions of things to match up with the way the world works. When I was uh, a young boy, I've told you this story before if you've been here, uh, when I was young and I would uh, pull down the, the chemicals under the sink and, and the laundry detergent and I would read the instructions because I was inquisitive as an eight and nine year old boy. And I read, I read that the, the substance contained in that can was, uh, in my understanding of it, fatal. Not fatal, fatal. And so I thought that meant that if you took that, that you would gain weight. And I didn't want to gain weight. But what if my definition had affected my reality? Now, many of us, in terms of our relationships, if we could just define some really important things, it could make a massive shift in how our relationships work. So here's the goal. Every week we're going to give you a goal, and then we're going to talk about that goal, and then we're going to give you a hack, okay? And the hack is a BLT. You'll have to wait until the end of the message to see what I mean by that. Uh, But here's the goal, okay? It's from the Apostle Paul, and he wrote a letter to the Christians in Ephesus, and he said this. He said the goal is that you'd speak the truth in love. This is how he said it. Uh, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way, into him who is the head, into Christ. Now, now both parts of this are, are very important, that you would speak the truth and that you would do it in love. Now, if you do both, you will grow. Uh, but if you do neither, you will be a loser, meaning you will lose at life. The reason is, not only are you dealing in lies because you're not speaking the truth, but you have no love, right? Isn't that really the definition of losing in life? You're, you're a loser if you're doing that. Uh, If you only do one of those things, then you're a jerk. And here's what I mean by that. You're either the kind of jerk who only speaks the truth, but not in love. You know people like that. Well, I just tell it like it is, man. You know what I'm talking about, those people? If you do that, you're a jerk. No one wants to say that to you, but you're a jerk. You're welcome. Um, But there's another kind of jerk uh, that... Uh, speaks the truth, uh, but not in love. It's the jerk who doesn't tell the people the truth and thinks that niceness covers over that somehow, which I think might be a worse form 
of being a jerk. Now, if you do both of those, if you can speak the truth and do it in love, you grow up. Now, uh, we're looking at the words of Jesus here, and, and there's two things you need to understand about Jesus as we get into what he said to us about how to make our relationships work. Uh, the first thing you need to understand about Jesus is that Jesus is the most brilliant person to ever walk the earth. There are today three billion some odd people who are working to understand and put into practice the words of Jesus. His words have lasted and been that impactful for the last 2,000 years. Not only that, but the brightest minds, the best minds of all human history who have wrestled with the biggest and deepest questions have always wrestled and had to wrestle with what Jesus taught. So not only is he the most brilliant person who has ever walked the earth, but he's also the best at relationships. Because when he was walking the earth, not to say the 2,000 years since, the people who've done the same thing, but when he was walking the earth, there were people who were willing to die for him and did, in fact, die for him. I, I have some people who like me, but if I said, would you die for me, they'd be like, no, I'm out. Later, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that for you. I don't have, maybe you have people that would die for you. I, I don't think I have people who would die for me. He had people who loved him and flocked to him. The outcasts flocked to him. The weird people flocked to him. The best and the brightest flocked to him. So here's, here's, here's why I'm saying that to you. You can listen to Jesus both for his insight, because it's brilliant, and for his quality of life. He actually lived what he taught. And so he actually is an example worth following. So here's what Jesus says to us, and it's really almost a bat to the head. He basically says, if you want your relationships to work, stop manipulating people with your words. Now, that's the, let's talk about definitions again. That's what lying is, right? You're manipulating people with your words. You're making non-truth your reality. And so Jesus starts off, and he says, you have heard it said. When he says that, uh, all the way through Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, was known as the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he's referring back to a teaching in the Old Testament, and he's referring to a teaching in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, chapter 30, verse 2. We've got it on the screen for you. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, when a man makes, or a woman makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to obligate himself by a pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said, now that'd be great, wouldn't it, if we all did that? We all, I made an oath, and I said I'd do it, and I'd, wouldn't the world be a better place? Now, notice what Jesus says, because he's forever upending what everyone expected. He says, don't do that anymore. His phrase for that is, but I say to you, uh, which means I'm changing the rules, I'm changing the game, don't swear at all. Now, you got to understand, in, in Jesus' day, uh, people had all kinds of things that they would swear by to mean the truth. You know, they, I swear by heaven. And uh, he said, don't swear by heaven. That's, that's, God's, that's God's throne. That's God's lazy boy. Don't, don't do that. Uh, he says, some people would say, I swear by the earth. And he said, don't do that. That's God's footrest. Don't do that. Some people would say, oh, I swear by Jerusalem. And I said, that's God's city. That's God's favorite city. Or they would swear by their own head. And, G and Jesus said, listen, you can't make your hair change color. Obviously, there were not salons in that day. And what this was was a hierarchy of oaths. The higher up you went on the hierarchy, the more you were obligated to keep your word, the lower you went on the hierarchy, you were not obligated to keep your word. And so here's what, here's what has, was happening in his day. It became a way to not tell the truth. 
So it would work like this. So you had something, maybe you went to your friend and you would borrow a tool and you liked that tool and you thought, hmm, man, I don't have one of those. I'd really like to keep that tool. And as you borrowed that f- tool from your friend, uh, your friend would say, now you're going to bring this back to me. And then you didn't want to bring it back to them. And so you would say, oh, I swear by my head. I swear by the hairs on my head. I will bring it back to you. Now what you meant by that was, ha ha, gotcha. I don't have to do what I just said. So what was happening is uh, they were ruining their reputation. Because what happens to someone when they do that on a regular basis? It ruins their reputation. You couldn't trust them. They were operating in a different reality by different definitions. And they were using religious oaths to get out of telling the truth. Now, we never do that anymore, right? We're way past that. Jesus was, in effect, saying, don't use God's domain to get your way. There are some people who still do that today. Now, maybe we don't have this elaborate uh, system of O's, but here's, here's the reality in our world. Unless you are a person who is known for telling the truth, everyone assumes that you are lying or manipulating. Can I trust what they say? Is what, are they trying to get something from me? Are they trying to take something from me? Are they trying to hurt me? Um, we may not have an elaborate system of oaths, but we still do this. It's why when you go to court, you have to swear an oath. Because the world is so full of liars that we have to have some way to guarantee the truth, right? <laughs> People don't just say what they mean and mean what they say. They say what they don't mean and don't mean what they say. And it's very confusing, this whole business. So Jesus, in his characteristic brilliance, he says, listen, listen, he just cuts through all of the mess that we make of our words and how we use them to get our way. And he says, listen, just say yes or no. In other words, become known for telling the truth. And then he goes on and he says, and anything beyond that is from the evil one, ties you to the evil maker. Let me, let me say it to you bluntly. If you... If you say what you don't mean, and you don't mean what you say, you are in league with Satan. How you doing? Uh, when, when, I, when, we, when we study, uh, pastors, when we study a text like this, we read commentators, people who've written um, words about these different things and give you insights into the culture and the background. And I, I normally don't quote those commentators because usually it's really dry the way they say things. But this was so good, I, I thought, man, this just really rang my bell and I wanted to share it with you. And so we're going to put it on the screen. This is, this is what Jesus is after. Jesus' followers are to be people whose words are so characterized by integrity that others need no formal assurance of their truthfulness in order to trust them. Uh, maybe you've heard of Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jordan Peterson is a uh, psychologist, clinical psychologist from Canada. He's been really popular lately. Uh, he's been interviewed on all kinds of news shows for his views on things. And uh, his, his videos on YouTube have had millions and millions of hits. Uh, he's written a few books. Uh, the, 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 the group of people that most resonate with Jordan Peterson's message are uh, young men from the ages of 18 to about 25. And he wrote a book, a bestseller, became a bestseller. Uh, I don't believe that Jordan Peterson is a Christian. I think he's favorable to religion because he sees some benefits to it. But I don't believe he's a a Christian from what I've read of him. Uh, But he he wrote a book, and it's called, uh, I took a picture of my copy of it, called 12 Rules for Life. Now, this is a bestseller. This is New York Times bestseller, number one bestseller. 
uh, resonating all across our culture. If you've never heard of him, you can, you can Google him later this afternoon, watch some of his talks. Very, very insightful man. And, and so what young men are saying is, man, this guy is giving us a pattern for how we can live our life. Now, that's what we want people to do with Jesus, but like that Jordan Peterson. And do you know what rule number eight is in his 12 rules for life? I took a picture of the table of contents, and then if you can't really see what that says, here's what rule number eight is. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Now, I, I, let me unpack for you what he means uh, in this chapter. You don't have to go buy the book, and uh, if you want to, it's great, great book. Uh, but he, this is what he says about telling the truth and lying. He says that when you lie, it actually makes you sick. And what lies do is they corrupt not only your world, but they corrupt the world. Because you know the pattern, right? You lie, and then you have to tell some more lies to cover up that lie. And then your, your picture of reality gets distorted, and so you tell more lies to cover up that lies. And then the shame creeps in, and you feel bad, and you wish you could do it differently, but you're too far down the path to really uncover. And he said what happens at the end of that is you create a brick wall for yourself, and you run into your own brick wall. And he says the human experience is we run into our, the brick wall of our own making, and we're either mad at ourselves or we shake our fist at the universe or at God and we say, oh, why, God, why are you doing this to me when really it's us? We're the ones that have done it. And he says, then what happens is you create what he calls a life lie. I was like, what is a life lie? That sounds terrible. It's just where you have twisted reality and the definitions of reality so badly that your, your whole picture is tainted, your whole perception of reality, your whole understanding is tainted by the manipulative words that you use. And he gave this illustration, and he used it in words, but I thought it was such a great word picture, I thought this would you know, help us to understand what he's talking about. And he said, um, it would be like taking something that you really enjoy drinking. I really love ginger ale. Uh, ginger ale reminds me of my mom. She used to give it to me when I was sick. I lost my mom when I was 16. Some of you know that. And so it doesn't remind me of being sick. It reminds me of my mom. And then I also like to get it whenever I fly. I fly a handful of times every year. Uh, when they come by and say, what would you like to drink? I always say ginger ale. Uh, because I get it in my little plastic cup with the ice, and uh, like my daughter Carrington says, I feel fancy. And um, so I drink it. And he said, he said, but when you lie, what you do, it's like there's some really nasty sewer-like water in here. Uh, you take this thing that you enjoy, and then you just you take this, and then you just, you're like, oh, just a couple drops. Just a couple drops are not going to hurt anything, right? I mean, it's not going to, anybody want to drink? What he says happens when we, when we lie, when we begin to lie, is that. This guy says it. I got a quote for you on the screen. Uh, taking the easy way out or telling the truth, those are not uh, merely two different choices. They are different pathways through life. They are utterly different ways of existing. Now, maybe at this point you're saying, well, what is this? We're talking about relationships. Why are you giving me this speech? What? What in the world are you talking about? What does this have to do with my relationships? Well, two questions will answer that. First question. What does dishonesty do to any relationship? It destroys trust. It creates suspicion. It raises questions. And it starts fights. Now, if you want more of those things in your life, why? Second question, what does honesty do to a relationship? Well, it's the opposite, isn't it? It creates trust, it destroys suspicion, it removes questions, 
It ends fights. If you want those things in your life, tell the truth. Truth builds trust. Lies create loss. Truth builds trust. Lies create loss. Can you see? I'm, I'm distilling for you what Jordan Peterson says, but what he's really doing is he's distilling the wisdom of Jesus. Can you see the wisdom of Jesus? Just say yes or no. Anything else is from evil. He ends that, uh, Jordan Peterson ends that chapter with such a powerful quote. It's, I, I don't normally give a long quote like this, but it's so good. I, I just wanted to put it on the screen for you to see because it's so, so powerful. Listen to what he says. To tell the truth is to bring the habitable, habitable reality into being. Truth builds edifices that can stand a thousand years. Truth feeds and clothes the poor and makes nations wealthy and safe. Truth reduces the terrible complexity of a man to the simplicity of his word. Hear the overtones of Jesus? So that he can become a partner rather than an enemy. Truth makes the past truly past and makes the best use of the future's possibility. Truth is the ultimate, inexhaustible, natural resource. It's the light in the darkness. And then he gives this zinger because it's like, oh man. In paradise, everyone speaks the truth. That is what makes it paradise. Whoo! Well, let me, let, me, let me get you there, okay? Uh, let me give you the hack. And uh, it's, a, it's a BLT. BLT is the hack. Now, my wife Andrea, in addition to many other fantastic qualities, uh, makes the best BLT I have ever had in my life. I don't know what she does with it. I don't know how it really happens. I try to make a BLT. It is just not the same. I don't know what it is. She has a special gift. If you want to love her the way I love her, eat one of her BLTs, you'll understand, okay? <laughs> but a BLT is a, a great sandwich because it requires all three of those things. If you're one of those weird people who's like, I like a lettuce and tomato sandwich, something's wrong with you. I don't know what's wrong. It's BLT, right? All three of those things are what you need for a BLT. Uh, and, and, and so what I'm, what I'm going to do is, as, as I've, to this point, I, I have been toasting the bread, and I've put the mayonnaise on the bread and laid it out, and now we're going to put the B and the L and the T on the sandwich, and then we're going to put it together, and then what you have to do is you have to eat the sandwich, because if you just make a BLT and you look at how wonderful and delicious it is with that crunchy bacon and the acidity of the tomato and the softness of the lettuce, oh, just like, can we have that for lunch? Um, <laughs> We're, you have to eat it, right? You have, to, you have to take it and actually eat it. And so I'm going to encourage you to eat it. But, but BLT, that's the hack, BLT. Okay, ready? Here we go. The B. You have to become a yes-no person. You have to become a yes-no person. A person who means what they say and says what they mean. A person who has a reputation for honesty and integrity. Listen, I promise you, if you do this... Every one of your relationships will rise. You will be like a boat going through a canal. Have you ever seen a canal? Uh, there, there's a series of locks uh, that open and close. And so if a body of water is down here and they want the boat to be up here in the next body of water, they go through a series of locks. And they, these big doors open. And then the, the compartment fills and raises the boat up to the next level. And then it goes on and raises it to the level of the place that it's going to go. And, and when you become a yes-no person, you're like going through that canal and the water floods the compartment and raises the boat. And the truth floods in and raises the boat of your reputation with everyone around you. With your parents, with your spouse, with your kids, with your boss, with your employees, with your neighbors, with your friends. Um, 
you, your reputation rises when you become a yes, no person. Now, here's how. It, it's, it's simple, but it's hard. You have to limit your vocabulary to these two words. And when I, when I say that, I mean l- limit your truth-telling. Yes and no. Say yes when you can or you want to. And say no when you can't or don't want to. Now, we get in trouble with those, don't we? <laughs> we say yes, and we don't really want to. <laughs> if someone asks us to do something, we don't really want to do it. But we say yes, and then what are we inside? Like, oh. If you can, and you want to, say yes. If you can't, and you don't want to, say no. How many of you, you've had someone ask you to go someplace or do something and you you didn't want to do it what you really wanted to do was just go home for the night and sit in your sweatpants and eat a bag of potato chip potato chips but you didn't want to say that because that'd make you look stupid and so you said yes when you meant no and what you what you do is you become the kind of person who just says you know you know tonight i'd really kind of like to just hang out at home is everything okay no i just really want to eat a bag of potato chips and just leave me alone right (laughs) i want you to wrestle with this this week to become a yes no person uh, that's the B, okay? Put that on the sandwich. Here's the L. You've got to learn to love the truth. And when I say the truth, I mean the capital, uh, the capital T truth. We get that a little confused in our culture today. Uh, we have a tendency to talk about my truth or your truth. And, 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 and frankly, your truth is very important because your truth is your story. It's your experience. It's your perspective and your truth matters you need to be able to say your truth about what your experience is that's 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 a very valuable thing to be able to stand up for but don't confuse your experience with the truth now they may overlap and i hope they do overlap but your limited story your limited experience and your limited perspective and my limited story and my limited experience and my limited perspective is not the truth do do you understand the difference and when you learn to love the truth, there are benefits that come to you. When you, you learn to love the truth, you stop settling. Many of you settle for things, and the reason is because you just don't love the truth. Um, you won't put up with foolishness anymore. You get taken advantage of a lot, uh, and, and sometimes it's because you haven't learned to love the truth. And then this may be the most powerful thing that comes when you learn to love the truth, is you respect yourself. Like I, I'm, I'm for the truth. I love how uh, Thomas Akempis said it. Thomas Akempis wrote uh, about 400 years ago what was the most popular book uh, in terms of learning to follow Jesus that existed for about 400 years, and the book was called The Imitation of Christ. And this is how Thomas Akempis said it 400 or so years ago. Listen, we must learn to love the truth no matter where it comes from. Now, wouldn't that change the political atmosphere of our country? Uh, Wouldn't that change your marriage if you could hear what the other person is saying to you? Uh, Wouldn't that change your parenting? Because maybe your kids are telling you the truth, but you don't love the truth because it's from your kid, and I'm the parent, and you're going to do exactly and they're telling you the truth. Or if you're a student, maybe your parents actually know something and they have something to teach you. And if you were like, I love the truth, and even if it comes from my mom. 
got to love the truth. But I learned to love the truth. So we put on the B, we put on the L, now we got to put on the T. Got to have all three. Trust Jesus. Several ways you need to trust Jesus. One, you've got to trust Jesus' example. Jesus told the truth. He's the most revered person and with the best relationships in human history. And, and he did what he did so you and I could take his example and apply it to our life. So if he told the truth and that's the way it worked, that's what's best for human beings. So we have to trust Jesus' example and do what he did. Uh, we have to trust Jesus' words that he knows what he's talking about. Honestly, some of, us, some of you are terrified of telling the truth because it's very convenient to tell a non-truth because it, it does several things. One, it can get you ahead. If you told the truth, you might get in trouble or it might not work out for you or you might be disadvantaged. Uh, many of us don't tell the truth because it keeps the peace, right? You don't want to make anybody mad, so you got to tell. You see, here's the reality for many of us. We're not sure that we can operate our life without manipulating words. And some of you, frankly, you're just sitting here clenching up as I'm telling you this because you don't see a way out. You're like, how do you, that doesn't even possible because you're so deep into this manipulation thing with your words you don't see your way out and it feels dangerous here's what i know about dangerous places if you've never been somewhere dangerous you get a guide who's already been there jesus is the guide who's already been to the place where you tell the truth all the time and he says it's okay and then this is the third thing is you've got to trust what jesus did to make you a new person now th there's a basic christian understanding about uh, human beings and the world that we operate with, and, and the basic Christian understanding, what the theologians call total depravity. Turn to your neighbor and say total depravity. Total depravity means that everything and everyone is affected by sin. Every, every nomination for a Supreme Court justice, <laughs> everything on social media, uh, economies, homes, workplaces, the atmosphere, the environment... There's nothing that's not touched by the darkness and ugliness of sin. And that we're totally, because to we're totally depraved, that means we're totally unable on our own to avoid its effects. The translation of that means that you and I are broken beyond our ability to repair ourselves. We live in a family, left to our own devices, we live in a family of lies. But that's not the last thing that Christians believe. We don't say the world's totally depraved. We say Jesus came for totally depraved people. <laughs> he came to repair you. That's the truth uh, that his life and death give witness to. It, 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 was, it was human lies that put Jesus on the cross, and Jesus knew that it would happen, and he did it anyway out of love for you because he knew you could not repair yourself on your own. You had to have outside help. That's the whole message of Christianity. You, you, you and I need outside help. And Jesus then rose to bring you into his family, a family where the truth is normal and it's what happens. And so now you have resurrection power to be a person who tells the truth. And then God puts you into his family, the church, who we're meant to operate in a new way in a broken world, the way of the truth. Now there, there's the BLT, right? We put the bread together, got all the pieces on the inside, and we... Cut it on the diagonal because sandwiches are better when you cut them that way. Just trust me. <laughs> Don't just leave it sitting on the counter. Eat that thing all the way. Let's pray.
uh, we're, we live in a world, Lord, you know, of uh, half-truths and mistruths and uh, deflection and spin and manipulation. And it's so hard to believe anybody because of that. And in the middle of that, here you come into uh, the mess of our world and you give us a way forward and you say, just say yes or no. And you mean that for our healing, not for our destruction. Some of us are so far down the path of uh, a lie that it's become a life lie. It is, we're not even sure how to get out of there. Thank you that for people in that situation, that you came for people in that situation. You didn't come to, to defeat people in that situation. You came to rescue people from that situation. To teach them a different way. To forgive them. Give them a fresh start. And so, uh, God, today we want to be people in our relationships that are honest. We so often settle for short-term peace over long-term health, and we want to flip that script based on what you teach us. So give us the grace and the courage we need to tell the truth. We pray this in your name. And everybody who wanted to be people of truth said, amen. I want to invite you to stand with me. We always leave you with a word of blessing, and you'll see people around you holding out their hands as their way of receiving that blessing. If you would like to receive that, uh, you can do the same. If you're not comfortable with that, that's okay too. Receive this blessing. May you know uh, the love of God loved you when you didn't know how to tell the truth. Loved you anyway, came for you anyway, died for you anyway, rose again for you anyway. You're sent now to love God, to love people, and to serve the world in his name. Hug somebody, tell them you love them. Prayer team's down front if you need prayer.